Welcome to Torpid Liver and Other Symptoms of Poor Communication. I am thrilled to introduce Jessica Pantages, Vice President, Global Communications at Ignite, a software company based in Mountain View, California. Ignite sells cloud-based business content security, compliance, and collaboration tools. Previously, Jessica held Chief Communication Officer, VP, and other leadership roles in such companies as NSF International, Leighton Construction, Lockheed Martin, and BAE Systems. Now, I met Jess in 2012 when she hired me to be part of her new team at Dell Services, which is now NTT Data in Texas. Jess is also an adjunct professor in corporate communications and public relations at Georgetown University. She's joining us today from McKnight's office in Salt Lake City, and we're going to talk about how she came into our profession, the things she's learned during the course of her career thus far, and her advice for professionals seeking a leadership career path. Jess, I cannot thank you enough, and I am so glad to hear your voice today. It's really nice to reconnect. Oh, absolutely, Robin. I am thrilled to be here. And I made such a good decision, what, 12 years ago when I hired you? It was a perfect idea. You are so nice to say that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I really appreciate it at the time. I was, um, people who listen to this regularly know I've been real involved in IBC. And at the mm -hmm. time, I was getting ready to take on a big leadership role in IBC. And yeah. I had my own consulting practice. And then, and I was just getting to the point where I was starting to get retainers and it was kind of good. And then I had the opportunity to be IBC's vice chair. And I was like, crud, I can't do this. I can't manage a pro I can't manage my own business. And Jess was nice enough to hire me. God bless you for doing that. I was really grateful for that. And that was, Dell was really supportive of my time with IBC, as were you. So thank you for that. I think being involved in professional associations and helping our profession is so important. So yeah, it was a no brainer for me, Robin. <laughs> well, I, again, I appreciate it. And my, my career has taken some interesting and wonderful turns since then. So, um, all right. So let's talk about this. I want to talk to you about your own career path. And I think I want to start with a general question. What inspired you to join the communication profession? What was it about our profession that made you want to be part of it? Yeah, you know, it's pretty interesting. Um, so as a kid, um, I loved the Today Show. And obviously, everyone knows the Today Show, if you're in uh, PR, at least, certainly. Yep. Um, but I loved Jane Pauley. So Robin, you may remember Jane Pauley, but I'm not sure all of your listeners will. <laughs> but uh, she was she was the anchor. And I thought she was just amazing. I thought she was fantastic. And I really wanted that job. And so I wanted to be a reporter actually more than anything, but over time, um, and I had some experiences early on during internships as reporters and, and I kind of figured out, you know, as a reporter, there are moments in your career when you're going to have to go talk to someone when they've been through something horrible, you know, and I remembered watching someone go up to uh, someone whose child had just died and threw a microphone in their face and said, how do you feel? Oh, it, yeah. oh, it just bothered me on a very fundamental level. And I thought, I'm not sure I, I want to be that invasive to get a good story. And so I kind of found myself doing first um, celebrity PR and I worked for an NHL hockey team. And, and I decided, you know, what I really wanted to do was help facilitate discussions between companies and reporters and get great stories out there and protect reputations. So yeah. that's how I got into our profession. That is an interesting story. And I didn't, two things, I didn't know you had 
handled comms for an NHL team, which is very cool because I, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a big fan of the Dallas Stars, obviously. Yeah. Um, and I also had a similar, it wasn't a similar path, but when I was young, my parents told me a story. They said, you know, you never watched cartoons and stuff like other kids. And they said, mm-hmm. but a commercial would come on and you'd be like, you know, kind of, I was a toddler, right? I come ambling through the room and I would stop and watch the commercials, which huh. was weird. Or I would, if, if the news was on, I would stop and I'd be fascinated by the anchor people. Right. Yeah. And you were and destined my, to be in communications I and branding. <laughs> so it's just that at the time I was so shy, it wasn't about what you described, but it, I was so shy that I thought I could do it. I knew I could be good on camera, but at the time I, I thought, oh, there's, I, I can't that old insecurity, like, you know, creeped up in me. It's been there like my whole life and I've overcome it. But at the time I was like, eh, you know, now I look back and go, oh, I could have done that. And I could still, I mean, I get up in front of, you know, audiences and cameras all the time. Absolutely. you But at that that point I couldn't. And then I was like you, I was like, I got into some of my coursework at UT Austin, University of Texas uh, at Austin. And I suddenly went, same thing. I was like, I am fascinated by this connection between how you, as an organization can influence your employees and influence audiences and engage people Absolutely. through effective communication. And that's how I ended up, you know, same thing. I ended up in a corporate career. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so tell me this, when you started taking on roles of greater responsibility, what are some of the things that either delighted you or I hate to use this word, but horrified you about our profession or disappointed you when yeah. it comes to the realities of working as a comms professional? Well, it's funny that you sort of referenced earlier about the um, sort of how the impact that we can have, you know, on organizations. And I think what has delighted me the most and why I stay in this profession is the variety of work and just how much what we do touches organizations on so many levels. So what I love about my job now is that I could go from discussing a product launch and a press campaign to then the next meeting is discussing how we're going to handle an acquisition, to the next discussion is about our ESG strategy, to you know someone in my European team calling up and saying, hey, we need to talk about a union issue in France, to then you know ending my day by talking about how we're going to build an internal campaign to you know build out ERGs and highlight the amazing work our employees do. It's just so varied mm-hmm. and. I love that we can go from from like the tactical of like reviewing a release to the strategic, like managing a crisis situation in the blink of an eye. I yeah. love that about our, our profession. Every day is not the same. It's always different. Absolutely. Um, Could not agree more. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, it, you never get bored. Never, never get bored. So that's what I, I am delighted about our, um, our profession, but if I had to pick something that sort of disappoints me, and I'm sure you feel this, Robin, I'm sure all of your viewers will feel it, or <laughs> listeners will feel it at some point. Um, it's, I mean, I've been in this field now for almost 25 years, and it's amazing how, you know, how much it has grown and changed, which is wonderful, mm-hmm. and how much more respect and influence our profession has in big companies. Yeah. But it's still, there is still this total grain of truth around everyone thinking they can do communications. Oh yeah. And I know everyone in the field probably says that, but I think in certain organizations, it can lead to this feeling of like disrespect from peers and others because you're constantly 
trying to explain what it is you do and why it's more than just, you know, what people have been told since they were little, you know, celebrated for your first word, celebrated for when you drew something, <laughs> when you wrote something, yeah. you know, I, I mean, so much different than that. There's so much more, like you were saying earlier about audiences and, and thinking about influence. And so that's something I think still disappoints me to this day is like, I'm still trying to explain what it is I do to some people, you know? Yeah. So. I feel like, yeah, and I, I hear that from comms professionals over and over and over, even to this mm -hmm. day. Nice. We have a really good um, employee listening strategy. So we measure every channel. We also look at the town hall scores, not only for our all-employee town yeah. hall with the CEO, but all the divisional leaders. And my part of my team puts that together so we can compare it. It's not about saying this leader sucks and this one's great. It's more about using the insights from the data to help influence leaders and advise them on the next communication opportunities. And we have found in everything that we do and what my colleagues do that when we get those situations, I'm like, well, anybody can communicate. I'm like, can, can you now? Because then when you show them the data, they operate with data. Businesses operate on data and analytics and yeah. comms now is no different. And we have more data at our fingertips than we've ever had in the past. And when you show them that, then they kind of go, Oh, and it's easier than for somebody to advise a leader and say, look, remember when I suggested this, I'd like to recommend that next time we try this approach. And here's why, because this is what the data tells us. This didn't resonate. Um, I want to try this approach because this has worked, yada, yada, yada. Right. And Absolutely. and we've yeah. seen that work more often than not. And, and people are looking now at our at our department and our profession in general differently now. They're like, oh. Now I get it. Agreed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 That's absolutely true for me too. I mean, if you come with hard data and you're able to really talk to people about how they can adjust, you know, their presentation just a bit, I mean, it can make such a huge impact. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, so tell me about some of the people who have helped you along the way, whether they're, they were mentors or past supervisors, peers, colleagues, what, you know, was there something that you took from one or more of those relationships that really sticks with you today? Yeah, so I have a, I have a few. Um, my first boss was just amazing. Her name was Robin Slater and I worked at an agency and you can just imagine me, you know, Robin, 21. <laughs> I loved PR. I was like, this is what I'm gonna do. I was this huge ball of energy. Mm -hmm. And she had a, we had, a, I had a coworker on an account that Robin managed and she ultimately decided PR was not for her. She was, she was not really into the uh, profession. So from her, it was like, how do you manage different personalities? And she really taught me that because it was hard to kind of, you know, keep the, keep both of us engaged and active when you have someone who's just so passionate and engaged and someone else who's just a little, you know, like trying to find themselves. And so I, I learned a lot of manager tips, actually, that I still hold on to this day, thanks to Robin. Yeah. Um, and then I have two people who are just close personal friends at this point and have really mentored me through a lot of difficult um, situations. Um, one of them, you know, um, was my former boss at Dell, Colette LaForce. Yes. She is still someone I can call and talk to. And her, just the way she's managed her career is something that I admire greatly. Mm -hmm. And so 
you know, I love talking to her like about my career and, and where, she, you know, where we think I should go and what I should do and, but just situations as well. And, and my other person is, um, is Sherry Scott. Um, again, she was, she's a tremendous internal comms professional. She has, um, run big agencies. She does her own thing now. Um, just the way that like she, she's compassionate and caring about others that goes beyond the job. Yeah. Um, for both of them, it's amazing how you can actually, you know, just, I can talk to them about anything and I feel like they can talk to me about anything and we just have a really good, um, relationship that way. And the final person I'd probably say is, um, probably my CEO, Vineet Jane. Uh-huh. I'm very lucky with who my CEO is. Um, he's very thoughtful about how to manage people. He's very compassionate. But one thing that I think really makes him stand out for me is that he thinks beyond just the employees. And by that, I mean, he talks about taking care of a thousand families. And that's something that I've never heard in my career before. Yeah. You know, you always hear the CEOs talk about the employees, but it's never extended to include the families. And I just love that he does that. It just shows a level of compassion and understanding for people um, that I haven't seen before. That's, I love hearing that. I absolutely love that. And I, you know, it's sad and it's sad to me that in recent years, it took a pandemic for mm. which seems to happen about every hundred years. And it was like, right. it took that for all of us to, or most of us to reevaluate what matters. And, and I, I, I love that you said that about your CEO, because to me, that's, I hope that more leaders remember that and that it doesn't fade. And that's people, even when there's not something like that going on, the world we live in now, regardless of where you live, it is complicated. It's what, Social yeah. media has complicated it. We thought it was going to be great, and it is, but it's also complicating. And I it think, has, yeah. you know, remembering that work is just one really small part of somebody's life in, in the end and understanding that people have a lot of challenges and a lot of joys, too. But you have to find a way to balance all that in your life. That's so nice. That's so refreshing to hear. That's wonderful. Oh, it is. Yep, absolutely. So tell me about... You a little, you know, thinking about yourself and your team, what mm -hmm. do you think is one of the biggest challenges or opportunities facing all of us as comms professionals right now? And and if so, or depending on what that is, um, is it starting to impact your team, or are you thinking about it, or is it just something that you're aware of? Oh, I think so. Oh, I think one of the biggest challenges is something that has impacted every communications team. Um, and I would like to find the communications team that says this hasn't impacted them. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I think one of them is just how um, personal communication, little c, has become so divisive around the world. Yes. And certainly here in the United States. And I think that puts a lot of pressure on companies to make decisions about divisive issues or not, mm -hmm. which ultimately puts companies in tough situations. So, you know, when you and I think about it, Robin, it's like there were some topics that two or three years ago would have been natural discussion points and very positive for company reputations. Right. And I'm thinking specifically about ESG right now, mm -hmm. which seems in, in, you know, the past year or so has become controversial and political in some way. Yeah. And I think it's sad how politicized our nation has become because it results in this lack of discussion and finger pointing and 
that's very tough for companies, especially, you know, when you, as you pointed out, your reputation can be damaged in seconds on social media yeah. and the content might not even be true. Right. I mean, it's just crazy how, how quickly people will turn on one another. Yeah. Um, and I also think, you know, for, for us as internal communications professionals, it makes it difficult to talk to employees about tricky situations mm -hmm. because you have to be so careful about what you're saying to ensure you don't offend people. Right. And yet there are some organizations that go the other way and say, well, that's too hard. I'm not going to make everybody happy. So I'm just going to have an opinion. Mm -hmm. um, for instance, you know, return to work is a great example where some companies um, have chosen really not to take a stance, which I think um, is a little less courageous maybe, but maybe smarter. Um, and then you look at other companies that have taken a stance and have said, no, we think that, you know, culture wise and, um, you know, collaboration is more important if you are in the office with people. So it's, it's just kind of interesting how quickly people can turn on one another, I guess. I, I, I could not agree with you more. And it, and it actually, it's not that it horrifies me. That's not the right word. It mm. um, disappoints me. And I think because I'm getting yeah. older and I have less patience for certain things, it's turned me away from things that I used to be completely engaged in mm. when it comes to reconnecting mm. with friends and family through social oh, media. Yeah. And, and, and even at work, I'm much more protective of my time now. And yes. I'm much more protective of like, I don't have, I don't need to hear those things. You know, I'll sometimes I'll start mm -hmm. to get wound up about, something I've read and I'm like, wait a minute, I don't have to do this. Just walk away. Like yeah. remember when you used to go outside and touch grass, Robin, you know, it's like, I don't have to get involved in that. And yeah. I'm, I'm sorry that it has become that, but, but I agree with you. And yeah. And I saw some of that around returning people to the office at, when the yeah. pandemic was, you know, when people were getting vaccinated and all that, and it became very political. It was, it was sort of like, yeah, well, I could go on for hours about that, but I, yes, I agree with you. Yeah. It's complicated. Well, it's yeah. so it's so funny that you mentioned the grass though, because I literally just had um, a one-on-one -on -one with my with Benit, and um, and he and I were both discussing how calming it is to go outside, uh -huh. and that's something that I have sort of rediscovered, I guess, thanks to COVID, because I happened to move to Salt Lake City, and I can get outside and I can be away from everything, and it's beautiful and. Yep. So I feel really blessed that I've kind of experienced that. So, yeah. 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 I think, yeah, I think some of it for me is like I said, getting older and, and what we've been through and then like, mm -hmm. Oh, I remember how nice this was. I'm going to do this more now. Yeah. <laughs> I used Absolutely. to do this. I'm going to do this again. <laughs> yeah. I get yeah. it. Well, all right. So um, what advice do you have for someone pursuing a career path like yours? If they're aspiring to work at the highest levels of the comms profession, what might you tell them to pursue or to avoid? Um, you know, I think um, in terms of pursuing, I would say try out as many different roles across communications as you can. Mm -hmm. I think we did this at Dell. I'm pretty sure we did. But as a leader, I've put into place many career development opportunities and frameworks for my employees mm -hmm. so that they understand that, you know, sometimes depending on the team, right? I mean, communications can include brand, it can include creative, it can include community, internal, PR, analyst relations, you know, I mean, it can, it can include a lot. And in order to kind of manage all those different audiences and not just the external audiences, but maybe internal stakeholders as well, 
Um, and I mean, like I'm taking employees as an audience, Robin, and stakeholders being, you know, people that are part of the process in order to get communications out to employees. Mm -hmm. um, so in order to understand just the differences in all of that, I think it's important to um, have them understand what those differences are in the breadth of the audiences with whom we are communicating. So I would say sometimes a lateral move from say, if you're in brand going to internal comms, yeah. or if you're in PR going to analyst relations is actually a great thing because you get to see the different teams and, and the different stakeholders and audiences and you have a better understanding for what communications can impact overall, which is what you need to have uh, the leader position. Um, so, and then it's sort of advice. I would just keep building out your network to get to know people in the roles you want that you are interested in, you know, networks are super important. Yeah. And I think that's key because networks, networks don't matter. And yeah. you know, again, I'm, I'm older than you too. And when I was coming up, we didn't have some of the online capabilities that everybody has now and those face-to-face -face yeah. connections and face-to-face -face meetings and that kind of networking really mattered. It still matters. Yeah. You can do it differently now, but it's like, it's just as important as it ever was. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I've got, I've got one final question for you. Okay. Um, when I started this podcast, it was, as I mentioned to you, it was during the pandemic and I was trying some things out and I did a whole series on things around overcoming fears and phobias that keep people from either having successful careers or living their lives the way they want to live their lives. And of course, then I morphed it into what it is now, which is mostly about our profession. Um, mm -hmm. But as an homage to the original theme, I always ask my guests a similar question. So has okay. there, it, let me learn, how do I phrase this? There's probably been a time in your career where either something frightened you or you felt like it temporarily held you back. How did you, how did you face that fear and get past it? And thinking about that, what would you tell comms professionals like us who encounter career situations like that, that create anxiety or fear? How do you, how do you face those things? Yeah. So, um, I mean, first of all, we're in communications, right? So right. there's been plenty of times that I felt uncomfortable or anxious <laughs> or fearful or wondered about things. I mean, we find ourselves in the craziest of situations and dealing with the craziest things to help manage reputations of companies, you know? So, yeah. um, so it's often in your career that you will feel that I think. Um, but I think, you know, just personally, one of the biggest, you know, moments for me was when I was unemployed. Mm -hmm. Um, cause it is amazing how quickly people, you know, you considered friends would drop you because you don't have a title or a company anymore. Yeah. And how much you can even realize that your self-worth might be defined by what you do. Right. And it really shouldn't be, you know, but I think that's an easy trap to find yourself in, you know, when you're younger and you're trying to move up in your career and you're trying to figure out, you know, how do I get to that position that I really want? Um, you can suddenly find yourself very defined by what your career is and who you are and what your title is. Right. Um, we, we just spend a lot of time working, you know, but I think you can also find real gems at this point and real friends who are willing to stick by you and help you no matter what. So yeah. I've kind of been, um, lucky in that way that I had some people who were by my side when that happened. Yeah. So I think, you know, what to do if you encounter that sort of thing, I would encourage people to have to try to build out an extensive network, both within our field, but also outside of it. Mm -hmm. Because I think that that's super important is to 
you know, yes, to have people who can, who can relate to the situations that you're talking about, but also to have people who sort of, you know, take you away from, from who, what your title is and who you work for, you know, and sort of help you get a bigger perspective on what life is all about. Yeah. I think that's really important. That's, so that's, that's what I would probably say. Yeah, that's terrific. And I, and I could not agree more because there was a time in my life where I didn't care as much. And I was actually happier. And then there was a time period, part of the time with which I worked with you, where it was like it became front and center for, for lots of reasons. Um, yeah. And some, some of those reasons were driven outside of me. And, mm. and, and once I looked at things objectively, I was like, wait, what are you doing? You know, and yeah. it was like life is way bigger than this. And yeah, yeah I think that's, that's great advice. Thank you. You Gosh, I'm so glad you did this. And I'm so glad we had this chance to I'm so to happy we did too. This was great. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much, Robin. Yeah, thank you for taking the time, Jess. And Absolutely. thank you to my faithful listeners. I hope you picked up a couple of nuggets from Jessica that you can apply in your own career path, whether you're a comms professional or pursuing other paths. Now, you know, I love hearing from y'all and sometimes I use your ideas. So if you'd like to share your comments or ideas, visit my website, torpidliver.com. Click on the orange chat button in the lower right corner and you can share your thoughts there. And also I want to give a plug for the October podcast. I'm going to be uh, interviewing two terrific guests who recently published their book about effective internal communication for diversity, equity, and inclusion. So stay tuned for that. And until then, until next time, stay safe, stay sane, and have some fun. Mm -hmm.